You are now listening to A Healthy Obsession. So are you all ready for your holidays again? Yeah, I was up late packing my bag. and to do a last minute pack. Yeah. What sort of things have you packed this time? Have you packed different stuff for prep for Barcelona than you have when you went to England? No, I've, I've actually packed very little. Yeah, but you're only, what, how long are you going for a week? It's stupid. We'll be over there for five nights. Mental. That's a long way to go, man. Yeah. But but I would have thought you being the jet set that you are would have had like sexy Barcelona bag and then a very standard Leeds bag. Well, Can you like imagine your... me a sexy selection of you like clothes? Yeah, what's the sexiest thing you own? I've got a pair of swimming shorts. How short are they? They're a little bit short. <laughs> are they short of the ones you would wear in Phoenix because you're going yeah. to Spain? They show a little bit of thigh. Yeah, but it, it, to be fair, when you go over there, everyone wears speedo like a normal, like a tiny little thing anyway. So your, yours will actually look baggy. You'll look like an American. You're getting a picture of me in speedos with a bottle of sangria. You're sending me a lot of pictures on this trip. Oh yeah, what was the other picture? I thought that was the picture. No, there's a picture of you in a field with your top off. I think a field. Well, not a field. You said you're going out to the Barcelona yeah. countryside. We are we're going out to the middle of nowhere. That's exciting. Are you going to try and are you trying to get a Barca match in? They don't play. That's a shame. You looked no, though. I did look. I did look. <laughs> You're a I sick man. And, and, I looked for them and the women's team, and I looked at Espanol as well. None of them play. It's a healthy obsession, isn't it? Not happening. So I might have to go find a little local non-league. Well, I think I did, the Spanish league starts this weekend. Yeah. Okay. So that's exciting, yeah. isn't it? That's what's going on, mate. I uh, I had flashbacks to our uh, Team USA trip to Lisbon, to Portugal, uh, when I woke up this morning, because I'm like, we land in Barcelona at 9 a.m. Tuesday. It's currently 7 a.m. Phoenix right now. Um, so we're about to leave for the airport in about an hour. And I was like, fuck's sake, when we get there, they're not going to let us in the air, uh, let us check into the hotel till 3 p.m. So I've just, oh. I've just reached out to them and gone, please let me check in earlier than 3 p.m., because that would be miserable. Yeah, you just got to sit about the place with your bags, dump the bags and go for a mooch. Yeah, so that's where I'm at, mate. And just trying to warm my voice up. I probably sound like a zombie. If, it, if any, it, it is weird. It's much weirder in the morning. All I was going to say is if anyone can solve the problem of the losing of the day when you go travel across the world, it'd be a big result. We need faster planes. Faster planes. Have you noticed that air travel hasn't got any better in the last 40 years? I don't know. They had Concord, didn't they? But there was probably probably pretty obvious problems with that because I think it, it crashed, didn't it? Or it blew up. They brought one back though. Have they? Yeah, and they're, they've also got a uh, an air hotel that's piloting at the moment. Brilliant. Yeah, I don't know if I'd fancy that. It's like a cruise in the sky. No, I don't fancy that at all. And and the interesting thing that I read about it, it never lands. What do you mean never lands? They refill it in the air. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Or it's uh, what do you call it? Solar. Begging for trouble, that. I think so. At least, at least on a boat, if it starts sinking, you've got a bit of time to get off. Like, what did you do on a plane? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, mate. I saw the Titanic. <laughs> oh, God. Imagine you get hit on, a bit, hit, hit on a bit of a rough patch of turbulence for a while. God. Yeah, you're trying to enjoy your dinner and you're just bouncing around. But I guess that's the same on a ship, isn't it? 
That's true, actually. And at least with a, a plane, you can fly to smoother air, can't you? Yeah, you can. You can stuck in cut... choppy water. Ugh, I don't know if I fancy that. I got invited to a cruise for someone's birthday this weekend. Have you ever I done one? Never done it. No, it just doesn't appeal to me. I think I get island fever after about an hour. Yeah, I, I've never done one before, but wait a fucking minute. Who invited you to go on a cruise for their birthday? What a party. I know, and I think it'll be all right until you, you're like you on day two and you got the beer fear and I just lob myself in the ocean. <laughs> oh, mate, boys. I remember when we were kids, we used to be able to get the ferry across to France for, like, school trips and stuff. Mm. And, uh, there'd always be that one that would get peer pressured into, like, throwing something they need into the sea. Mm. God, you won't throw it in. You won't throw it in. <laughs> in, in goes his, like, Nokia 3210. <laughs> oh, man, that's brilliant. the fun of it. Like, it's not even funny. Yeah, see, that'd be me. I think it sounds appealing and everyone already talks up because it's like, it's it's like a big city on the ocean now, isn't it? It's like 5,000 yeah. people on it. And it's like, the, the idea of it sounds fun, but I just know myself. And I think after about, uh, yeah, I'd say two days, I'd be like, yeah, ready to jump off the back of it. But I'm willing to try new things, Thomas. That's the, the beauty of this. Yeah. You should, uh, you've opened up your mind, mate. You're a changed man these days. I thought we were going to start the podcast with you uh, in mime, to be fair today. Yeah, yeah, I was having some, a, a, some issues a with your microphone. Yeah, little tech problems, but it's that it's your fault again. You're not in the studio again because you're going on a holiday again. You call it a holiday. I'm going to a wedding, mate. I'm not going to enjoy it. Oh, this see, this is the absolute privilege of the modern man. It's not you're going to Barcelona for a week, and it's not a holiday. <laughs> it won't be though. Think about this: we're going to get there Tuesday. We'll be knackered after you know 20 hours of traveling. Tuesday night, probably keep it low key. Wednesday, we travel out to the wedding. There's a party for the wedding Wednesday night. Thursday's the wedding. Friday's going to be minging because of the wedding. Saturday we've got in Barcelona. Sunday we fly back. Where's the holiday in that? Oh, poor you. I, I bet everyone sat at home listening you right now. Some... Get, got, got the violins out. <laughs> can, you stick some, can you stick a sound piece over the back of that little monologue? That'd be brilliant, wouldn't it? Just a little crying. Doo, doo, doo. Thomas, the struggles of Thomas Hurdle. Yeah, it's a rough life, mate. It is indeed. What have you, what have you, got, what have you got going on this week, apart from avoiding anything football-related, I'm sure? Yeah, mostly just avoiding football related stuff. I'm uh, I've just I've been reading I'd sat about read all day yesterday, which was just reading some interesting books. Uh, hiding in the books, that's a safe place. I know no, yeah, no one can hurt you there. I did I did, I actually enjoyed the football yesterday. The football was good yesterday. Saturday not I didn't enjoy so much. But yeah, so yesterday I, I hid in the books just to take my mind away from the brutal travesty that is uh, Manchester United football club. One of my most enjoyable weekends of Premier League football in a long time. I think entertainment across the board. It, it's good for August. Usually the season get a little sluggish getting going, but it was uh, it was all fireworks, wasn't it? It's moving, mate. It's going to be a it's going to be a tasty year, I think. I think so. I think so. I think City are top already then. I think they've won the league already, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> As predicted, they're going to so, cruise it. Lots of predictions came true this weekend. I think my, one of my pre-seasons was Conte would get in a fight and uh, he's, he's already trying to batter someone, which is interesting. Fantastic, wasn't it? Where, where do you want to start on the weekend? Because there's obviously a multiple starting points. Where do you want to go? I think you got to start with Chelsea and Tottenham because I think that was the bit that was the definitely the biggest game on paper of the weekend, and it didn't uh, it didn't let us down, did it? It was outstanding. No, so for, for any listeners that have joined us for the new season and these aren't aware. Um, Man United, um, Adam is an avid Manchester United fan. His whole heart and mood and demeanour swings <laughs> on the performance of Manchester United. So at the moment, he's a bit of a miserable, sad, depressed, slug. Well, shadow, slug. Of, yeah, shadow of a man. <laughs> um, 
which gives me nothing but pleasure. So that's Adam, and obviously I'm a I'm a Spurs fan. So not a bad start to the season for Spurs. So if we get a bit of Spurs Man United at times, that'll be why. Um, but yeah, Spurs game was outrageous. Spurs Chelsea. So so break so break it down for us. As you just said, you're a Tottenham fan. So break break it down. What you saw it from your uh, your Tottenham spectacles. You want my honest opinion? Yeah. No, Spurs no, li- li- lie to me, mate. <laughs> Spurs absolutely mugged them. I mean, we we got off the hook big time. I thought Chelsea were excellent. I thought they were much better than I expected. They were going to be much more organised. I thought they pressed the piss out of us. Um, we, we couldn't get a foothold in the game. After about the first five minutes, Spurs were just, just taking blows, weren't we? It was a matter of time until Chelsea scored. Um, disappointed for Spurs to concede from a corner, with that said, right? Um, but we we didn't look like we had any sniff. Um, thought Chelsea were great, and then obviously all the controversy came in because I think the equaliser, you've got to say that's a, a bad refereeing decision, is it? Do you think it was a foul by Benton Kill on what was it Kai Havertz that led? I won't say it led to the first goal because a lot of time passed in between. But what was your take on it? I, I thought that. It, I thought it was a good tackle. I thought it was a hard tackle, but I thought he got the ball. And as you said, I think so much time passed between that happening and the goal. So I, I think you get a pass for that one. I thought the second one was the one where I can't, I, you have to clarify the rule for me. So it was a pull of the hair, wasn't it? It wasn't an elbow. It wasn't. Uh, so, it, so there's a couple of pieces for me. So the, the, the first bit, obviously, without that first one, did, did he get the ball? Barely. I've seen fouls given that for that a lot. Like that, right. you'll see that foul given more than it won't be given. So I can see mm. why Chelsea would be upset. But at the same point, they, play, they actually won possession back of the ball and then lost it again. So it was a new phase of play. Um, and obviously Chelsea were really upset about it. I mean, after the goal, there was a whole palaver on the sideline. That's where the Conte and uh, Tuchel thing started kicking off. So mm-hmm. I think they they bumped chests right at the halfway line and they all have a little moan about it and a rah rah rah. And from the, the individual, what we say, neutral fan perspective, that's what you want. Like, you're like, hey, this is going to get tasty now. Well, I um, just think, I, I even think from a Tottenham perspective, neutral, you're absolutely right. But I want to see that in managers. I want to, I, I love seeing that. I love seeing the fire. You, you can tell those two really fucking care. Like, there's nothing more important than just that beating the chest and getting after it. And I, I think as a neutral, but as a Spurs fan, I'm sure, sure you love it. That's brilliant. It, it, that was a catalyst for Spurs. Because we we just made a few changes, we've gone really attacking, um, and then obviously typical Spurs, we allow Chelsea to go down the end and score a pretty soft goal from our perspective. And I thought I thought at that point that's it, that's a nail in the coffin for Spurs. Like that'll be a Chelsea win all day. Um, what do you make of Tuchel's uh, celebration running down the sideline past the Spurs bench after that blow up? Yeah, I think, again, I think it's just perfect. That's it's just what I want to see. I, I want to see. In those kind of games where it's the teams, it's a big contest. I think Conte's got a bit of history, hasn't he, in the league with uh, getting chippy with other managers. And I think I think it's great. Tuchel, he should have done it. Throw it back in his face. That's his, that's his home stadium as well. It's like, go go and give it to him, bud. It was a bold move, I'll tell you this. Because they both just got booked for the nonsense that happened on the Spurs equaliser. And then he's gone, but he's not even gone down his own touchline. He's gone past Spurs' bench. Did you see... Conte, do you follow Conte on uh, Instagram? No. Oh, mate, it was. He, he posted a picture. Oh, I did see this. I did see this. Someone he followed this to me. He posted a picture of Tuchel running past him on <laughs> celebrating the goal, and he's written this. And this is Conte, and you know it's Conte because kind of 
this sounds disrespectful, but like the broken English in the way it's written, it's, def- it's not written by a publicist. That's Conte mm. jumping on his phone. <laughs> he goes, lucky I didn't see you. Making you trip over would have been well-deserved. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what. Imagine if Conte would have stuck his leg out and taken Tuchel down on that moment. Oh. Who would have been in the wrong? It would, would have been, been would fantastic. Been Conte for tripping him. Would it have been too short because he's in Conte's technical area? What are the rules of defending your technical area as a, as a staff? Are you allowed to defend your technical area if the opponent comes in? I, I think that that should be part of the rules. That you could like all bets are off. If you go into the other person's technical area, you can the other person can beat you up, and you there's no repercussion. It's an act of war. That's an invasion, in my opinion. It, it's an invasion of, and I think the commentator was saying that the uh, technical areas at Stamford Bridge are very close to each other, like yeah. much, much closer because it's an old ground, right? Yeah. So there's not as much space. So it's very technical. I think that's why they're kicking off so much. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love that Conte's taken the time after the game just to like, yeah, I'll, I'll put a little Instagram post out about that. <laughs> Brilliant. Stick, stick the stick the boot in again. I, I thought, I, I, thought I, I was going to say, I thought it was... Uh, like uh, overall, it was interesting the way Tottenham did sell it. Would you say it's all right celebrating the way they did because in the manner that they got the draw? Because they were like, it was someone was giving like the old lays to the fans and all that, that was, at the end of the game. That was um, Basuma, the new, the new yeah. right? And he only came on, for, he's only played 10 minutes all season. Yeah, that was the first 10 minutes he came on for. I uh, thought that was did... an interesting choice after a two each draw. Old lays aren't for me. Um, <laughs> not that's a bit of a it's a bit of a cloppy thing in it after a draw. It was, but, yeah, it was a very cloppy thing to do. And it was like, yeah, yeah right. The draw's, the draw's great in the circumstances, as you said, but like, Tottenham, Tottenham are going to be aiming higher and they need to move past that. Don't they? One. I, think, I think when you're the, from Conte's perspective, you'll like it because you've got a new player into the fold and that's mm. their way of like showing they're, they're bought in. He, only, he didn't play in the first game. He only played 10 minutes yesterday and he's doing that. It's a, it's a good sign as a manager for chemistry. You're like, hey, this lad's about it. Um, again, not my cup of tea, but... But the, the, the character for Spurs to keep going and score the goal, I thought it was an unbelievable clock cross by Perisic. Very good, yeah. Uh, it was an interesting game of... Uh, I think Koulibaly was the one... Uh, he, he was stood... When the goal went in, he was stood on the line. And I think three Spurs, atta- three Spurs players attacked that header. And I thought, why is your, your tallest, probably most dominant player in the air? It was backpedaling to the line when that went in. And it was the same at the other end for Koulibaly's goal. Yeah. No Spurs defender in sight. It was a great volley, don't get yeah. me wrong. But it was like, there was no one near him. How the fuck does someone get a free volley inside the 18-yard box from a corner? A yeah, it's bad. Level? It's scandalous. Yeah. It, it, great it's volley, bad. like you said. But, so, and, and typical Harry Kane. He goes mm. 90 minutes and does absolutely fuck all, but draw a few fouls. And then he pops up with a header to it to get a result in the game. I he did have that, a great, he had a great chance as well, didn't he? And uh, I think it was yeah. the end. It just, wide. Yeah, just dragged it wide. You would have bet the house on that going in. Conte nearly fell over. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, there'll be a lot of people complaining, Chelsea fans complaining about the hair pull, as <laughs> rightly so. So I had a, a college game last night. I was chatting with a referee about it. He's a, he's a Chelsea fan. So he was having a right old moan. And um, I thought it was quite funny. I was winding him up. So he was having a moan before the game about it. And I said, well, why, why didn't they do anything with VAR? Now, I've not verified this. But he he said there's nothing in the rules, the Premier League rules, that actually references hair pulling as like a violent conduct or anything. So he said within the rules, the referee didn't really have much he could do. Now, I, I don't buy that. I think it's unsportsmanlike conduct. There's a million different things you can apply to that. Mm. That would be a foul. Um, I don't know how they've looked at it and said no. Right. Well, 
Well, well, no, I think that I heard the commentator say that because the ball wasn't in play, it couldn't have been given as a free kick, but it could have been given as a yellow card or a red card, whatever the referee had chosen. What I found interesting was the referee was stood right on top of it. Like he was, yeah, he was staring at it. And it's like, how have you not pulled him up on that and books him? Okay, if you're not giving a free kick, that's, that's fine. But yeah, so this is an interesting choice. Chelsea will definitely feel hard hard done by overall, I think, from the game, a few decisions. And I don't know if you saw this, but yeah, uh, the Ch- Chelsea fans today are petitioning to have uh, Anthony Taylor never ref in their games again. Yeah. <laughs> I love shit like that. There was a stat though that I know, especially when it's grown ups, like you're grown ups and you're doing that kind of shit. You're banned from my games. You know what's funny is uh, he refereed Chelsea six times last year and he refereed Spurs four times last year. Neither team lost a game with him in charge, and that's continued because they drew yesterday. So right. it's not that there bad, is it? Yeah, so so last last but not least on Chelsea and Tottenham, um, overall good result for Spurs. You you happy with that? I know about the weekend you you kind of predicted a a, a draw and it'd be a tough game. We, you you got to be happy with that though, as you said, Chelsea yeah. were were dominant most of the game. Pretty much what I expected. I, th- I said it would be a one-one draw, two-two, um, as tight as I thought it was going to be. Yeah, I think it's it sets us up well. You, you, if you go there and lose, it's a tough one. You go there and get a point away from home. The big, the big six, seven that we play. If you can pick up a point or better away from home, you're gonna have a chance to win the league, or finish in the top two or three. Sorry, I don't think you win the league, but top two or three. Well, especially we we touched on this with Spurs last week, but especially not playing very well. I mean, they did the job, but they didn't particularly play well, as you said, Kane. Was was a ghost most of the game, and and you've got that to look forward to. That if you're going to one of the tougher grounds away in the league and, and coming away with a point, you've you'd be happy with that, right? I, I give Chelsea the credit on that. I thought Spurs tried to play Chelsea were just one step ahead. So they were very good because you you look at Chelsea, you look at City. I still think Spurs will be right out there. I think Liverpool will be in the mix, and then you look at the other end of the table and you start going, Jesus Christ, how are Manchester United going to survive the rest of this season with the way they're playing? 4-0 against Brentford, mate. 4-0 after, what, half-time? Uh, yeah, so it was 4-0 after 35 minutes. <laughs> did you turn it off or did you actually keep watching? No, nah, I watched it. I, I was, I, I was, I, well, I was actually, I was on the way to uh, to Rosie's to, for the memorial, so I stopped at the George with Alex Connolly and oh, we watched, yeah, yeah so, so as I, and the, the pub was full, it was a full house and it went pretty quiet pretty quickly. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, where, so, where do you start with it? I'll tell you where I start with it. I'm pretty sure David De Gea has money on Ten Hag to be fired before September. What do you think about that? I think when you start a game like that, you're a coach. When you start a game with a... And they could have been down even before that, the first goal. They could have been down within the first like minute or two of the game. Brentford had a good chance. Uh, I think when you start a game like that with your goalkeeper dropping when confidence is already wobbly and your goalkeeper starts the game like that. I think that's a big problem and it just rocks the rest of the team. So you start looking around then and you think, Oh fuck, like everything then, everything then is just overemphasized. Right. It's, it's, it's just, the. it's funny that football is one of those games that when it's going your way, everything seems to happen. And when it's going against you, you can't do anything right. I'm amazed they've got to this point so quickly as a club, as a team, for a new season under a new manager. I mean, Ten Hag must be absolutely just blown away by by the situation he's in. And 
And I don't think he's got much of an idea of how to get out, has he? The errors, the individual errors, there's nothing he can do about that. He can't do anything about De Gea dropping a ball in the back of the net. I think that, what was it, the second one? Well, I would say I would say the first three, Tom, were, um, goals are goals, right? It doesn't really matter. But that the manner in which they're conceding the goals is a, it's, it's so lacklustre. But those are kind of freak goals, right? De Gea drops a bollock. Uh, the second one was... Uh, the Ericsson De Gea played Ericsson yes. inside the box and he loses it. But these are things that you, you didn't want to blame the manager the other day. Now, the first error you can't you can't put on him. The mm. second one, that's the way he wants him to play. He's obviously asked Ericsson to come and get the ball. Now mm. here's the problem: you're one nil down against Brentford. You, you you know you're under pressure as a, as a manager, as a team. You're in a tough spot. Okay, now maybe we go seventy yards down the pitch. Put the ball in their half and make them defend a little bit. There's a a a bit of a arrogance in football at the moment that everyone has to try and play like the old Barcelona, the play out the back, tiki taka, Pep Guardiola play between the lines. Where sometimes there's nothing wrong with pumping a ball 60, 70 yards and turning a team around. That's a part of the game. And I think everyone overlooks that and goes, Well, we've got to play through, we've got to play through. Well, teams are very good at pressing now. Like I talk about Chelsea against Spurs. Pressed us so well, we never really went, we'll go 50, 60 yards and make them deal with a long ball and fight for the second. That never happened. And I think United, in that situation, you've got to manage the scenario you're in. Don't set yourself up for more failure. And that was just comical. It was so bad. Well, and I think, as you just said, it's in vogue to play out of the back, right? Which, okay, if a team's sitting off you and they're not pressing high... Fair enough. Play out the back to your heart's content. Brentford had three attacking players at the top of the 18-yard box for that second goal. Exactly. Just, just, and and the ball was passed to De Gea, right? So Martinez is, and I'm like, what are you doing? Like this is under no circumstance. Ericsson's got his back to the players coming onto him. Everything about it was just disastrous. The third goal. He he got drawn. Um, yeah, that that the header, and it was like, well. I think it's unfair to judge someone as quickly as possible, but I think Martinez is going to struggle. He's five foot eight, I think. I think that's going to be, he got brought off at half time. He's going to get spotted really quickly that teams are just going to know, dump dump a, big, a bigger player on him and, and bully him. So I've got a friend who's now, who's working in a lower league in, in the UK and they played Manchester United in a pre-season friendly. And uh, to reference the text that I got was, the new lad they've brought in is going to get absolutely bullied in the Prem. He's tiny. And that's what he texted me. He said, you're going to get bullied in the Prem. He's tiny. And you see it already. I mean, you can't have, you don't judge a player on size and physicality and all that sort of stuff. Mm. But it's a factor. Well, the, iron, the, the irony is his nickname's The Butcher. I'm like, well, can we see some of that, mate? <laughs> uh, been nicknamed that. Uh, fuck. Uh, yes, I, I just think it's, I was interested with you and I were kind of texting back and forth over the weekend. I'm interested to hear what you think. Um, of course, all the off-pitch stuff is the off-pitch stuff. Is the club's rotten and it's been banged on, banged on and banged on. I think it's anyone that knows anything about what's going on at United, there's definitely some deep-rooted problems off the pitch. I'm interested to see what you think on the pitch. If you're the coach of that team right now, what do you do? I, I, you've got to go back to basics. It, there was a story come out that apparently Brighton ran eight and a half mile, more miles than United did on a, on the weekend, right? Mm-hmm. And um, did I say, who did I say? I didn't say Brighton. I didn't mean Brighton, did I? Brentford. Uh, Brentford, yeah. 
ran eight and a half more miles. Apparently, he cancelled their day off and made sure that every player covered eight and a half miles in the training session. Um, as much as I get the principle behind that, uh, is it a bit childish? I think you've got to be more creative than that. I think you've got to be more creative than that. Clearly, the players aren't necessarily bought in. That can go one or two ways. That can either buy in or or absolutely break any credibility you've got with the players. It's a really risky move for me this early in the season. Um, now, maybe he would have found out who who did run the eight and a half miles in training and who put the work in. And he'll go, all right, I'm going to live and die on these guys. Maybe that's a decision he's made. And anyone that doesn't buy in, I'm, you're going to fall by the wayside, which which is fair enough. But I think you you run the risk of losing the locker room very, very, very quickly. Um, it, it's a bold move, that. It's a really bold move. I, I like it. I get the principle behind it. I'm not sure in in modern football that's the way to deal with that problem. I would I would be focusing on fixing it tactically. I don't think Man United lost because they were lazy. I think they lost because they were making the wrong decisions in the wrong areas. Yeah, and I, I think that it was a problem last season with ground covered. We were always second best in every single game. We were second best in pressing. It's great, just general ground covered. So, yeah, you're right. I mean, that's but that's a fundamental. It's non It's an It's absolutely non-negotiable. You're a professional athlete. You're a professional footballer. You shouldn't be running eight and a half miles less than the team you just lost four nil to. Right? You funnel down at half time in the second half. Well, okay, you should be tripling down on your efforts. You didn't see any of that from United. I think they, they only registered four shots on target. And I think of those, one of them was 35-yard out Ronaldo smash, right? right? So, yeah. so when, when Ten Hag came in, there were concerns about his personality, weren't there? And that there's mm. talk that's why he got passed over at Spurs and at some other jobs, and people were worried about his his general personality. He's very passive. What well, what do you make of it? Because yeah, he seems passive on the sides. <clears throat> I, I don't he doesn't seem like a guy that I warm to is like I want to hear him talk you know well it's it's kind of the the counter to to what we were just talking about with with Spurs and and Chelsea where I know more cultured football fans than me would say well you don't need a lunatic running up and down the sidelines beating his chest but I mean I think Klopp I think Guardiola's got some of it I, I think you need to be uh, you need to have and show a little bit of that. And I think he's going to be, when things are going well, he's going to look like a genius because I think he's going to be more reserved. He's going to be a little bit more calculated. It seems like that in his press conferences. But my initial reaction from him being the manager is that he seems quite stoic. Like he doesn't, it doesn't seem like he's going to get too flustered, but I think that could backfire because it comes across like he's being too passive. Where I think, I, me personally, my personal taste is I want to see a bit of fire, right? Like I, I, I'd rather see a, a Klopp type or a Conte type where they're ripping the hair out because they fucking love it. And I'm not obviously this guy does, but he, I was just curious to see what you you do here as a a manager of a team that I know there's load of jokes flying around and all the rest of it. Like they're 28 to one to get relegated now, and I, I just look around that team. There's 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 nothing in that team, Tom. There's nothing in that team where I think. Yeah, this, they'll, they'll turn this around. It's a bumpy start, but they are... I, I said it on Friday when we, we previewed. Going into that Brentford game, I know I probably said it like it sounded tongue-in-cheek. We were second best. We, we are a second best team to Brentford right now. And that is recruitment's gone wrong. I think that teams like Brentford, Brighton, you saw in the first game, Crystal Palace, 
the recruitment strategy has evolved and advanced. Spurs have done it over the last decade. Liverpool have done it at the higher end of the table. United haven't advanced their strategy in recruiting and building a team. And they had always done it where the club had been really strong. Well, the club's not anymore. Spurs have gone. Leicester have gone, built new stadiums, new training grounds, state-of-the-art. Old Trafford's fallen apart, right? Yeah. Uh, our, our, our recruitment strategy for management is, is obviously... Uh, a little patchy and uh, yeah, the, the recruitment strategy for players, what are we doing, right? There isn't a strategy. Like we talked about this on Friday, you were trying to recruit Arnautovic and, and God knows who else, right? Everyone's been linked this week. And now, and now think about that scenario. If you're at the other end of that phone call right now, you're adding 30% onto the price tag. The player's adding 30% onto his wages. And that's even players that would even want to go to United right now. Oh, if you're well, yeah. No, if you're a top-level player, because I was watching Chelsea Tottenham and obviously it's easy to say after he scores a, a bolt in volley, but United were linked with Koulibaly for three, four years when he's while he's been at Napoli. And I thought, if he had the choice this summer and we went and signed Martinez and United, they would have been in the conversation, right? Because all the big clubs are. And we, if you're Koulibaly, you're not, there's no chance you're choosing uh, to go yeah. to Manchester United over Chelsea. James Madison, another great young player, scored a nice goal this weekend as well. And United have been linked with him for seasons. Why would you leave Leicester? And so everyone around Europe is probably looking at that right now where you're like, why would I want to go to United if I've got a choice of where to go? Now that leaves them in an incredibly difficult position because what is the remedy? And next up, Liverpool next Monday. <laughs> next, next up, more abuse. Oh, and, Do you know and what you... happened with it being a Premier League? You go out, you'll fucking beat them. You'll beat them. And and, and and it'll be so confusing because I'm like, wait, what the fuck just happened? I, I don't know. I, I would have agreed with you in years past because I thought the same thing last season. And if you remember, I don't know the scores, exact scores off the top of my head. I think they beat us 5-1, 6-1. City beat us 5-1, 6-1. We just, in seasons past, we had enough scrap about us under Solskjaer where we would pack it in, play on the counter. There's not, that plan's not there anymore. They're not, yeah. I, I, like if, if I was, if I was the manager not knowing anything about football tactics or strategy that, that these guys do, I would be parking it in, keeping it tight and playing on the counter because they've got speed, right? Well, you've got, you've got Sancho, you've got Rashford and at least sort the problem out of conceding goals, right? So keep it tight. And Solskjaer did that and he got slated for it a little bit because yeah. we're Man United and we need to attack and we need to play it. Yeah, but you know, you need to know what you're, you're good at and bad at and United are not good at anything at the moment. So I would at least shore it up so you stop bleeding goals. But, you know, so let's move on from this shit anyway. <laughs> I was going to say, your your time's nearly up on your therapy session, mate. So just oh, uh, shit. beware, beware. Yeah, let's... let's, so, let's do, you feel, do you feel better after that? Uh, you don't sound any better. No, and you know what's funny? Because I think I think this is punishment for them being so good when I was a kid. Good, I agree. I'm happy about it. No problem with it at all. So, so let's bounce around real quick. So uh, Arsenal got a, another big win over Leicester. Uh, Gabriel Jesus got off and running, scored a, a couple in the first half. Should have had a hat-trick, really. Had a couple of chances afterwards, but not sure we'll be too bothered about that. Uh, Martinelli scored a, a nice goal at the end. He, he had a great game. Yeah, I think Arsenal are slowly... Well, they're going to build momentum, which is a little bit of a concern for me because um, you don't want them getting very, very confident. They're almost the opposite of United right now. I think things are going their way and they're feeling very good about themselves. Yeah. So, concerned, but I still think they will have patches in the season when it's not going their way. I don't think they have the ability to mix it up, so to speak. 
I so, think I, I think it's going to be. So you saw a bit of it against Leicester. Leicester came back into the game twice. They'll be disappointed that they, they gave up a soft goal once. Once they got the, the once they got it to two one, you thought Leicester got some momentum. But I do think defending is going to be it, that. That'll be the the, the unraveling. Well, you know what's coming their way. Mm. Fucking Thursday night football. So they they've got that to deal with relatively soon. I think that will take its toll on that squad very quickly, unless they unless they burn it off, unless they don't get it. They've they've got a nice little run though. The next few games they've got Bournemouth away on Saturday, then they've got Fulham at home, and then Villa at home, and Man United away, which is and then Everton at home. So yeah, out of the could, next, it could be they could be eight games unbeaten. That that's what I mean. That's just next five games. You fancy them in all of those games as they're playing right now, and as you said, that that kind of compounding of of winning and doing well that's uh, it bodes well for them. Hundred percent. They're they're going to be in the mix, no doubt about it. But I think Did, I I think the wheels will come off. I don't think they're a team that will sustain all the way through. And don't play this back to me at the end of the season when they've won the Prem because I'll fucking murder you. Did you hear? Did you hear the song the Arsenal fans were singing about Jamie Vardy? Well, no. Do I want to hear it? They were singing Jamie Vardy, your wife is a grass. <laughs> <laughs> I do like that. It's funny. That's very good. All right, let's let's hop around real quick. We we, go, we know you've got a flight to catch, so let's uh, let's bounce it around real quick. It, it it kind it kind of went the way we said on Friday. Not that we are uh, you know football geniuses or anything, but most of the games were as predicted. So Brighton Newcastle was nil nil. We said that would be tight. Wolves and Fulham nil nil. Again, we said that will be close. Southampton Leeds two two. We said that would be tight. Southampton came from two behind. Looked very good at the end of the game. Looked very bad at the beginning of the game. I thought Southampton looked, yeah, they, they they were outstanding. And looking around that squad, I know we kind of agreed that they, they might have a, a struggle this season, but they, they did okay. They looked like they were they were hitting a bit of stride. I thought Shea, Shea Adams did well at the end. I'm not having you say they were outstanding. They, they did well at the end of the game, but it was not outstanding. They were playing Leeds, who Leeds were Leeds at the end of the game, weren't they? That, yeah, Leeds Leeds ran out of steam, but no, I, I thought Southam, Southampton got it together. They at least looked like they were uh, that they might have a fighting chance this season. Might, maybe shouldn't write them off so quickly. City cruised past Bournemouth as expected. Was it four 0 at halftime? Yeah, De Bruyne's an absolute animal. That shot, that that goal with the outside of his right foot was ridiculous. Uh, it makes it makes it look too easy. Scandalous. Scandalous. Um, so City are top four 0 win. Gone. Yeah, the only other interesting one for me was uh, Forrest beating West Ham. West Ham starting with two losses. Yeah, Moyes out. That's a, that one hurts for them. That's that's a painful one for West Ham. So I, I thought Forrest's ground was outstanding, but the pitch looks surreal. It didn't even look real from the angle of the camera. Was like, <laughs> it looked like it, it looked like a computer game. It looked like a game of FIFA. Yeah, not 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 a real one. Yeah, strange. Huge one for sponsorless Forest. Can't believe they've got a sponsor. Even we've got a sponsor. If this podcast is sponsored, there's no excuse for a football club in the Premier League not to be sponsored. Well, I was reading today that Boxed was their sponsor last season, and uh, apparently Forest asked them because they jumped up to the Prem, obviously. And yeah, they asked for like triple the money, and the other the company said they couldn't do it. So Forest is still shopping it out, apparently. But yeah, they because uh, I wanted to know why. I'm like, well, surely a newly promoted Premier League team, someone would want to jump on it. But uh, also, interestingly, Forest refused to have a uh, a betting company on their shirt. Well, shame on them. It's good, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> last but last uh, but uh, not least, um, Villa and Everton. Was it 2-1 Villa? 
2-1 Villa, yeah. So uh, a, a decent win for Stevie G's men. I, they, I don't know if you watched this one, but they, they were definitely deserved winners. I thought they were really good. Yeah. Yeah, I think they'll be okay. I think Everton are fucked. I can't see Everton having a way out. I think they're just way off the pace, aren't they? Yeah, there's, there's just nothing in that team that you, you sort of gets you excited. They they looked a little bit better when they brought Deli Ali came on and Rondon came on. They looked a, a little better, but do you think Lampard makes it through the season with Everton, or will they will they shop him out because they're going to need someone to come in and stir it up pretty quickly? He'll be sacked by Christmas, and they'll have a uh, Sam Allardyce in there. And where's where's Lampard going to land? Is he going to keep getting jobs? Yeah, I, I don't know. After this, if this doesn't go well. I could see him coming over to the States or maybe back to the Championship. He doesn't want to go back down to the Championship, does he? He thinks he's a Premier League manager. So Yeah, but the results say otherwise. I mean, he, he did okay at Derby. He did poorly at Chelsea. He's not Certainly. doing great at Everton. I mean, he kept Everton up, so he'll get a stay of execution. But, I mean, I just, I don't, I don't think there's really much else there. That, uh, <laughs> it's, it's I, I actually said, if you don't want to step backwards because then it's going to be very hard to get back in the mix, isn't it? 100% mate mad 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 alright brother well I've got a plane to go get on alright you got anything else you want to say to people before you go to Barcelona no, have a wonderful week I'll, uh, I'll be slaving away just as hard as all of you are so <laughs> well sipping sangria in the uh, Catalan- Catalonia uh, countryside sangria in my speedos mate happy that we need a picture of that for the uh, AHO Instagram or the, the email newsletter <laughs> That that'll uh, that that's that's private content, mate. People have to pay for that. Yeah, we'll get a little uh, subscriber. You have to be a subscriber for that content. You don't get me and my speedos for free. I'll tell you that. Only flans. <laughs> Only pasty white hairy English men. All right, mate. Well, listen, go go in your plane and uh, enjoy your trip, and we'll catch up with you soon. Yep. Cheers, pal. Cheers, mate. <laughs>